There is a long-standing belief in my brain that I have to be the best at whatever I do. Call it a fear of being a failure, fear of being average, or not meeting my potential. I am scared sockless of being less than exceptional at anything. If I know I'm going to suck at something, I've identified that thing and am excellent at talking in kind of a humorous way about how I'm about to suck at that thing. I'm even excellent at (laughs) self-deprecation and doing it in a way that makes me look calm and cool and collected all the time. The truth is, though, that's all self-protection. It's to not look like a fool. It's not just having a good work ethic or strong values. This goes deeper than that. It's actually very self-centered, very fear-based behavior. I'm Perry Nance-Jams, and this is Embrace Your Essence podcast. This episode is all about identifying our deeply seated fears and how to break free from them so we live a courageous, free, and fulfilled life. Okay, so maybe you can relate to what I've just shared. The need to be great, excellent. Some people call it being a perfectionist. But I really like to flush that out a little further. It's not just perfectionism. It is a body-based reaction that you have every single time you make a mistake that makes you feel like you have just done something wrong, that makes you feel panic that makes you feel like people are going to judge you and talk about you and you will be seen and therefore known as the person who didn't get it right. And for some reason, that is deeply unsettling to your body, to your nervous system, to your mind. I want to talk about how we get to that point because the truth is it holds us back. It hinders our freedom. It hinders our peace. It keeps us in cycles of self-sabotage and shame that makes it nearly impossible to achieve the success that we want, to open ourselves up to love that is safe and feels like it brings us home. But I want you to know that that's possible for you. So I want to share about what we can do, what we can learn about ourselves to get there. So over the years, I've been working really, really hard to undo this knot that I've just described, the need to be excellent and the quote-unquote best at everything and anything I do. And I've gotten to the point where I, in certain areas of life, am actually quite comfortable with not having it all figured out. And I've actually reprogrammed my inner belief system to know that it is safe to be completely open and honest and vulnerable in the moment. And I'm really proud of that progress. There are other areas of my life though, where still it is like, OMG, I am going to go down with a fight so that I don't appear to not know. To understand the intricacies of these cycles and where they play out in life and why, I think it's really, really useful to begin with exploring how it all started 
And this is the process I go through with every person I work with. We cannot change things that we don't see or understand, that we are not aware of. So it's useful to start with the question, where did this all begin? It's simpler than you might think. All of us, every single one of us, has something called conditioning playing out within us. Conditioning can essentially be described as the beliefs that you hold about yourself and about your life based on the experiences, values, and ideas handed to you by the most influential people, places, and experiences of your life. Conditioning informs what we perceive to be true. Again, about ourselves and about what is possible for us in life. It influences how we perceive our own potential. It influences how much we trust ourselves and lead with confidence versus how much we lead with fear or that constant feeling of looking over your shoulder that you're not okay, you're not going to be okay, that you are weird, a phony, or somehow undeserving and deficient. Conditioning is where those deeply seated blocks began. They set root early in life. They impacted the younger you. And the younger you, while you have grown in age past that, and you have accumulated more life experiences as you've grown up, the younger you, also known as the inner child, is still holding on to the energetic memory of those experiences, of those people, of those highly influential ideas and values that were handed to you. So it becomes really key to understand that you, just like all of us, are up against the massively powerful force of conditioning, and we cannot escape it because conditioning is all around us. It's in our microsystems, which is your household, your caregivers, the people who raised you day in and day out. It's in your macro system, which is society, religious beliefs that perhaps you were raised under, school systems that you had to attend. We cannot escape conditioning. None of us are exempt from it. But each of us have the power to overcome our conditioning and sort out what is truly ours. What from those experiences, from our life's journey up to this point, do we really want to claim as our truth? And what are we ready to let go of? When you find yourself in these self-defeating cycles, like the one I described at the beginning of this episode, which is an incessant need to be the best, and you can see that it holds you back, the place to start is examining your conditioning. So just to give a couple quick examples here, maybe you constantly need to be right. You always need to have the last word. Maybe you are deeply convinced that you must be the financial provider and that above all else. Maybe you have completely tucked away and hidden your creative side, your inner artist, because there's a belief in you that that part is just a silly fantasy and 
you actually need to get down to work and be productive. There's truly an infinite number of conditioned beliefs that we could hold. So this episode is meant to plant a seed for you to start exploring what are my conditioned beliefs. And the truth is, they are so numerous that it might feel overwhelming, but I don't want you to get overwhelmed. I just want you to start exploring this concept that I have conditioned beliefs and maybe I don't know exactly where they all started or maybe I do. Maybe I can recall a specific conversation with my mother or father or I can remember the exact day that a teacher told me I would never go to college or that I failed my first math test and I from that point on believed I was bad at math. Whatever it is, Start to explore this with some open curiosity because it is a key to the next step of breaking free from our unhelpful cycles that hold us back. So in my case, for my story, I have a conditioned belief that very clearly was passed down from my parents directly through their words as I was growing up, which is that, quote, be whatever you want in life, but be the absolute best at it. I can't tell you the number of times I've heard that come from my mother's mouth. Now, this is a great concept coming from a great place of a mother's desire to raise her children to be productive members of society who work hard. It's really good, actually. It's also really unhelpful for me now as an adult because it essentially drives me to this place of never being satisfied, always criticizing myself. Struggling to feel like just being me as I am is enough. And when you struggle with enoughness, then you are just on this constant chase in life. Nothing is good enough. And that really derails your quality of life. Maybe you can relate to that feeling. This concept of enoughness and always feeling like it's just out of reach for you. In other words, it's really hard for me to know my inherent worth and value. That struggle to know my inherent worth and value has led me to shut down certain parts of myself. For example, it has led me to shut down the inherently messy or more gray areas of my existence, the parts of me that are very vulnerable and not so linear and easy to control or titrate, my creativity, artistic expression, femininity, and for a long time, intimacy with others. I shut it down because there's no way to be the, quote, best at these things. They don't match, right? It's just a gray area. Love is just love. And authenticity, kindness, they just are. They are self-evident. But because they can't be measured, and because I couldn't create an algorithm to become the best at them, I just shut them down. So conditioning can cause you to shut down parts of yourself. And as an adult, you then are not living in your most whole, full expression. And this only gets compounded by the experiences we have as an adult. For example, if your femininity becomes shut down early on in life, for one reason or another, related to conditioning, and then you enter into a male-dominated workplace, it's only going to further stay shut down because there's no space for it to be expressed or nurtured as an adult. Believe it or not, this becomes 
the snowball effect that leads to so much of our imbalance and dissatisfaction in life. Our self-doubt, our insecurities, our anxiety, so much of it is rooted in the inner, younger self that has gone through some things and has started to believe certain things. But the beautiful gift is that as we become aware of this process that happens to all of us automatically as we go through life, we can use our adult wisdom, resources, and strength to go in and explore this part of ourselves and really reclaim the truth, your truth, and start to live a life that is really truly based on you, your authentic values, your authentic desires and needs. This is really where it gets super cool. And I'm so privileged that I get to do this work with people. I get to help you explore the roots of the conditioning and uproot it all and reset the belief systems and the patterns and the way of thinking. And I've seen so many people identify their topmost conditioned beliefs and grab a hold of them and say, no longer will this be the leading force of my life. I think of one of my friends and clients who for so long just charged through life on the path of success in the form of a powerful career that paid a good amount of money and provided a very stable, secure life. But this individual discovered in our work together that they positioned that role of being a provider financially and career success above all else because they were told they needed to do that from within their family, from things they saw their parents struggling with as a child, and from the societal conditioning of what it means to be a man. And in undoing this conditioned belief system, they started to open up to so many things, one being the possibility that there is more for them. That there is more available to him than just doing the same old career for the rest of his life that completely burns him out and allowing himself to expand his definition of success, of impact and service in a way that actually excites him and fulfills him. That was one of the most exciting things to witness. He also started to really heal some of those inner child wounds related to feeling unworthy, feeling like he wasn't safe. Again, inner child wound referring to what his younger self went through in his family, in his household, in the area where he grew up, where he saw a lot of people struggling. He was able to overcome those past experiences and reprogram himself in such a way that let him believe a different reality is possible. That is the profound work of deconditioning. And that is the profound work of inner honesty. So how does somebody get there? How do we overcome our conditioning and break free to a life of happiness? You have to get through to yourself that your desires aren't silly fantasies distracting you from the, quote, real work of life. The real work and the key that starts to unlock the doors to freedom, fulfillment, happiness, and love is actually one thing. Courage. The real work 
is to learn how to be courageous enough to honor your desires, to honor the voice within, above all else, no matter the cost. This is hard, for one, because automatically, when we say you have to respect your desires, your dreams, and your intuitive voice within above all else, it inherently pushes the button of selfishness that we are also highly conditioned to internalize. It seems selfish to put yourself first. The truth is, it's not selfish. It's self-respect to the highest degree. It's self-reverence. You revere your existence enough to not diminish your innermost desires, your longest standing dreams, to no longer write them off as silly jokes and fantasies and pipe dreams, but to actually let them come to life within you and then manifest in your reality around you. This is where courage comes in. This is where learning how to be courageous helps you. Courageous enough to honor yourself is what I've had to learn how to do and what I get to co-create with the people I work with. And it's a co-creation process. We have to do it together. We have to learn you and your unique circumstances and beliefs. But once we do, we can start to undo the knots that have kept you stuck in the patterns of self-sabotage, of burnout, of destruction that you might not even realize you've been carrying out within yourself unconsciously. Now, courage is not necessarily sexy to people. People mostly would rather go to the sexy version of healing, like their Reiki master or their hypnotist or a past life regression therapist, because it sounds interesting. But I personally think that that's an avoidance technique to keep you from really tuning in to your innermost defense mechanisms. The truth is, real change isn't always sexy and interesting. It is fascinating and liberating, and it will completely uplift you. But it's raw. It's gritty. Sometimes it's less than glossy. Courage, learning how to be courageous, isn't sexy, but it works. It is the key to your freedom and success. And that is why I teach it. That's why I try to help people cultivate it within themselves. Because courage is generated from within you. It is not the same thing as finding tools outside of you. And this is where I think all of us who are in a position of helping people have to be really careful. I have to be really careful because I also offer people tools. I offer the tool of meditation and yoga. Other people offer the tool of tarot reading or Reiki. But people who seek out those tools trying to help themselves can become overly reliant on the tool, thinking that the tool makes them a better person. I know I fell prey to that concept for a long time. It was when I realized that the tools are just tools. They are just like bridges to cross into the real space where change happens, which is courage, that I actually was able to make some good change in my life. 
So if you're somebody who's been saying, I've been doing a lot of things, I've been reading the books, I've been going to experts, and I've been trying to find my next level of peace, of inner harmony, of success, but it just hasn't been clicking. I haven't been able to get there, and I'm doubting myself. Well, perhaps it's that you have just gotten really good at using tools, and now it's time to get really good at looking at yourself and empowering you to trust that process, the internal process. And that is what I aim to do. Above all else, I aim to help you cultivate self-trust, to know how to navigate your internal space, to understand clearly your conditioning and the ways that they manifest in adulthood so you no longer fall prey to them. That's why I create spaces centered around courage. In the spaces that I aim to create and hold with you, my belief is that you will naturally become aware of what you need, desire, and what's been stopping you from letting yourself get there. So I digressed a bit there, talking about the importance of courageous spaces But for now, I actually want to finish off by talking about specific things, three things I have learned from my journey in being courageous and what I have learned in witnessing others, my clients, be courageous. Number one, I've learned that you, each of us, we become our biggest roadblock and courage helps us remove those roadblocks. Two. I've learned that each of us, you, are capable and deserving of literally everything you desire. Three, I've learned you don't have to doubt yourself and second-guess yourself because you actually have an innate intelligence in the form of intuition that is always guiding you to what's right for you. I believe that If you let yourself unlock your courage, you will unlock these three truths. So let's summarize the three things that are essential to unlocking courage. Number one, doing the inner work of deconditioning your mind. Two, exploring your inner child and nurturing that inner child so that they are empowered rather than stuck in the conditioned beliefs. And third, nervous system recovery, I believe, is essential to unlocking courage. When your nervous system is in a place of balance, when you are able to restore your nervous system's function, you are then able to make choices from a place of calm and clarity in the present moment rather than from a place of stress response or fear from your past. These three elements, deconditioning, inner child empowerment, and nervous system recovery are the three key elements of unlocking courage and starting to unlock real change in your life where you most want to see it. This moment is really exciting for me because I don't have to just leave you with those three steps in this episode. 
I'm really, really excited and honored to share with you that I am opening up a space where you can actually learn in depth and cultivate these steps of deconditioning your beliefs, nurturing and empowering your inner child, and restoring your nervous system function starting soon, next month actually, which will be March 10th of 2024, I'm opening up the doors to my next cohort for the Courageous Comeback Program. This program is so inspiring. I have so much fun hosting it and running it with you. One of the best things I love about this program is that it helps women heal in community. You don't have to do this alone. And for me, that scared me for a long time, the idea of being in a group while doing this work. But again, that was where I really needed to be courageous. I needed to open myself up and let myself be seen in my rawness and realness. I also love this program because it is designed to help you create a profound shift in how you see yourself and how you show up so that you finally release the long-standing cycles of shame, self-doubt, unhealthy cycles, especially in your relationships. This program has helped women overcome some of the deepest, darkest, most deeply seated fears, beliefs, and traumas that they have had in their life, so that they rise into the woman that they always have known they could be. Courageous Comeback is so much more than a self-help guide. It is so much more than a set of tools that you could access on YouTube or through a book. Courageous Comeback is truly the place where you are going to activate your innermost strength, your trust in your intuition, and it is designed to take you from fear, self-sabotage, and stagnation to lasting freedom, self-success, self designed mastery of the person you want to be. We accomplish all of this and more through a specific pathway that I've created and been refining over the last five years. And it's all inside this program. I'm so excited to share it with you. I'm so excited to co-create your next chapter in the way that is most fulfilling, satisfying, and joyful for you. Learn more about Courageous Comeback Program in the show notes below and add yourself to the waitlist. You unlock some really cool bonuses when you get on the waitlist and you can read about those bonuses in the show notes below too. Again, I'm thrilled to announce this program. I'm so excited about you joining us. Thank you everybody and thank you for embracing your essence. Thank you.